That is a large man. <laughs> Jimmy Hayes? I love large guys. I can't help it. Phrasing? <laughs> I'm not apologizing for that. I believe in that. I'd be I'd be disappointed if you did. You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. It's barely a topic. Episode 30? Sure, why not? Yes. Somewhere like that, yeah. Yes. Yes. Last time we uh, we graced your ears, we talked about a great many things, mostly about traveling through Canada. I almost said Germany. Why would I say that? We did not talk Germany, about Germany, Northern Ontario are not the same thing. No, 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 no. Definitely not. So, yeah, we talked about that, and nobody mapped it out for us and how we got to there, but that's okay. I think it had something to do with Steve Ott and whatever. Who cares? But anyway, we're not going to really talk about that, but we will talk about Bruins hockey, ostensibly, NHL, probably, and whatever tickles our minds, very, very likely. So, yes, here we are. We're back. And we've got plenty of things to talk about. So, um, the final. Um, We're um, an hour from puck drop for uh, game six. And uh, Sidney Crosby's a bit of a goat fucker. (laughs) (laughs) He's a shitbag. We hate him. We hate him so much. He's Uh, terrible. Yes, mostly we have a problem with the fact that he uh, decided that, uh, you know, let's beat up P.K. Subban. Slam his head into the ice a few times, you know, punch him and all that shit. Because he was holding my stick. What's that? You can cause him a concussion? I don't believe in those. By the way, I missed a year and a half of hockey because of that. Fuck you, Sid. Fuck you twice. With someone else's dick. (laughs) Do you know that PK hasn't been allowed in front of the press for a couple of games now? This is weird. Yeah. I don't rightly rightly understand. But anyway. I don't either, and I'm hoping it's not related to that. But anyway. I think it is, to be honest. Given the NHL's track record of not suspending superstars i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't put it past him oh you were just touching on what i was going to go off on but you know here's the thing pk's comments right after that game he was pretty fucking gracious about it whereas sid was being petulant and shit ratty i think that says a lot about the two players yeah i'm just gonna say that that actually basically uh disproves everyone who ever criticizes pk suban's thesis underlying thesis yeah he's it's like he's guy. a very yeah, he's a charming guy gracious reasonable like yeah that happened um you know it, it was it's hockey i guess that was basically his response whereas sid was trying to make excuses because sid knew he'd fucked up but you know the thing is that i think in the back of his mind he had to know that he would have absolutely no consequences from it other than yes. he did get sent to the box he did but i think pk was sent to the box too wasn't he <sighs> I know. And again, this is this is just so emblematic. It's it's such a glorious microcosm about the choices of this league. Mm-hmm. Sid, the, the, their chosen poster boy, the man with the personality of a chair, um, who, who's been who's, who's who's has a long history of being whiny and a diver. And while generally he'd outgrown a lot of these things, he's being those things this this series. Whereas PK Subban, the dynamic, charming, funny lovable guy the guy you want to put in front of the cameras 
The guy who can do a lot more for your league, quite frankly. Yes, yeah. the guy you wanted. There's the basically it's it's just, it's you couldn't have planned this. The guy that they that you that should be marketing the league, and the guy that they are using to market the league. It is everything that is fucked with hockey right now. I, well, not everything. A lot of what's fucked with hockey right now. <laughs> look, I don't think that PK Subban is the perfect player. He still does some things that irk me because I think you're better than that t- PK. I think I say that to a lot of players though. So, I it's not fair to single him out. But Sidney Crosby will never ever get fully what he deserves for the infractions that he makes and causes. No. no. And that really pisses me off. And I will just say, you know I'm going to go with the NFL here, right? You know I'm going to talk about the NFL. Uh, as always, um, I'll just nod. I think one of the best things, and this is a controversial opinion, I think one of the best things that the NFL could have done was to go through with the stupid, way too long suspension of Tom Brady. Because first of all, he came back and said, fuck you, and won Super Bowl. But secondly, you punished a star. Because you, in your mind, according to your league rules, he did not obey them. He There was an infraction, and he needed to be punished. I don't agree with the length. You know, if he had been suspended for two games, it would have been fine. But... You suspended him for four. He came back and he showed he's the better guy than you. But the truth is, look, the NFL is willing to suspend their stars. Timmy. Yeah, Major League Baseball is willing to suspend their stars. Um, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, as much as he's a shitbag and people hate him for his steroid scandal and stuff, he's one of the better players in league history. Has uh, 600 career home runs, 3,000 career hits. One of only three players to have that. He was suspended for an entire year, 162 games for for the whole Royd scandal thing. And he didn't even test positive during the time that it was actually illegal. He actually w- was doing them when they were trying to form their whole system that they have now back in 2003. And they still suspended him 12 years later. Yeah. Bottom line, NHL, two team, two leagues that are actually both incredibly poorly run are better at stuff than you are. What the fuck, NHL? You don't have room to be this awful at things. You're Shit. already a distant fourth and arguably behind MLS. Okay, yes. You need to, to suspend your stars, for sure. <laughs> how, how fun has it been to see another team in the, the Stanley Cup Finals that has never been there? That's that's the point there. Second year in a row. Yeah. Expansion teams two years in a row making the finals, and it is great. Um, especially Nashville, because holy shit. I, I saw This city is wild. I saw a game there earlier this season, and I could not have predicted that they would have made it to the final. I saw the game. They won the game. They won against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning just weren't in the game at all. It was fun environment except for some personal interactions and stuff but nashville is a fun place to go i've been there um i would like to go back i mean it's one of those places that i i have said i i actually want to go back there and it's not just because of the hot chicken and you know that i always talk about the hot chicken but anyway no nashville's a fun place and i i'm glad that they're my second team i mean yeah they're 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 enjoying it i mean they don't have. They haven't had much to cheer for recently. I mean, the Titans lost in the Super Bowl. What in two thousand? That's the last team in the area that really. Um, when they lost to the Rams, that's the last team that really made it to this close in that area to a final. I was say I have no idea how long it's been since the Memphis Grizzlies have made an, made an appearance in basketball, mostly because again basketball. The fact that I remember that's the team of the team is kind of impressive to me. But they Memphis is the on playoff? the other side of the state too. Yeah. I mean, Nashville's like right dead 
center north of uh, of the state. But Nashville is a really fun place. You know what? I'm going to tell you, I don't like country music generally at all, but I love going to that place and I walk down the street and every one of those electric boxes like that can turn the lights and all that stuff, it plays music. It may not be the music that I enjoy and love, but I appreciate the fact that they love music that much. They have all sorts of touristy honky-tonks there. I actually want to go to a little more of an authentic one, but it's a fun place. I went to a bar and said, can you please put on the Predators game? And they put it on. They did. They were playing in St. Louis that night, and we weren't the only people who wanted to see it, so there was like a a bunch of us who were sitting around watching it. Um, The other people were St. Louis fans who were in town, but the thing is, is that I'm glad that Nashville's got this. I think they're very excited about this. It's a very exciting time, and I enjoy watching this. I am a little bit jealous because I want to see the Bruins in it again, but you know what? I I didn't say this the last time, and by the last time, I mean... When I didn't hit the record button. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, um, we're recording this kind of a second time because I fucked up. It's okay. I can admit that. And I'm drunk enough to admit that. But um, this time I didn't drink because they made me drink. I'm drinking because I want to. The important thing is here this. I want the Bruins to fucking step it up. Like, Like, my response is like, We have some flags, yo. Like, have you seen the excitement that all these other places have? It's like they had, we have a 3G or 3D projector or something like that. We have the capability of making it a lot more exciting. Like Nashville has like bands and they have like country performers, like actual, you know, like uh, famous. They're rolling rolling all these out right now because they're in the final. I don't... uh... I mean, I, I I missed more games in the final in 2011 than I would like for various reasons, so I can't uh, – I don't have a frame of reference, but I I can't believe the Bruins um, didn't do the best they could in this area. Okay. One of the things is that – I mean, the TD Garden is an odd space in town, but I think you could probably reasonably block off the streets there if you gave enough notice and so on and so forth. Nashville, they block off fucking Broadway. They were planning for 100,000 people just in downtown core for, for outside for tonight. Like, it's very exciting. Like, when I went there, I, I don't think I told you this stuff. When I went there, it was November. Um, you know, it's like they didn't have the smash car or something like that because this is a series thing. I understand that. They had their, their little, like, you know, um, Predator's uh, Nissan car. They had a skating rink across from Bridgestone. Which is cool and weird because it's Nashville. And yes, I was walking around wearing a wool coat because we're up in the mountains and stuff. But it was, you know, you could skate around in Nashville. And Columbus even had, no, actually Louisville had that. Not Columbus. They had an outdoor rink. But anyway, my point is, is that um, they've embraced the Predators. I kind of saw that around town. And to see them just kind of fucking light it up right now is beautiful um i touched on how i thought they were in uh they were a hockey town before because they had the usual hockey town complaints but it's if you're not watching this and you're not seeing how excited they are about this you're i don't know you guys aren't watching it are you i'm catching bits and pieces i'm not not going out of my way i mean i just i i've been bad for watching hockey watching enough hockey in general this entire season i'm gonna try to 
get my shit together next year. Better. I am so surprised that I have out hockeyed everybody here. The girl I mean, who said, who proclaimed last year that she was hockeyed out, that she wasn't sure that she could do any more hockey. Again, that's because you watched the Wild Star, the Wild and the Stars last playoffs. I did, and I even watched two of. Uh, Team Germany, maybe three. Oh, okay, two. Two games of Team Germany in the IAHF. I mean, I've hockeyed. I've totally hockeyed. I've out hockeyed you. Man, my bona fides are like. You're fucking legit, VA. You're fucking legit. <laughs> I know. And here I am sitting thinking, like, I could totally quit this, you know, because, like, I'm so frustrated by the whole let's not punish Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I've out hockeyed you. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about a girl I, doing that to you? I mean, it doesn't really matter that it's a girl doing it. I'm just embarrassed that I let someone out hockey me. I mean, I can't. Girl, man, man, woman does not matter. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. That's, that's good. You actually made me think that men can be feminists in that way. I try my damnedest. I fail sometimes, but I usually realize it afterwards and I feel bad about it, so. And then you modify your behavior, and that's the best that you can do. I mean, it's June. I came from baseball. We know baseball is my number one thing, love, sport. So, I mean, I've been out hockeyed. I'm going to be out hockeyed in June at any point in time, unless the Bruins are actually in the final. I'm going to so out hockey you guys that you guys are going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe she out hockeyed us in that way. This summer. You're going to be going to the um, to the, the Foxborough League a lot, aren't you? And Brandon Carlo better be there! And if he's not there, I'm going to fucking find him and drag him there. Well, as long as his head's okay. didn't Wasn't he out with a concussion? That's why he missed so much time? Look, you know what? I stand by, behind his decision. I really do. I, I know it No, he him. and the team made the right choice. Oh, yeah. Like, like, honestly, that's that's actually one thing I, I, that the Bruins unambiguously seem to handle head, deal with head injuries smarter than most other teams do these days. Yeah. Well, I think they also, I mean, it, it stinks to say, but I think they've seen it more firsthand than most teams just with. Well, between Berkey and Savvy, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and think about the people who did get concussions this year. We had David Backus. Lyles did, I think, right? Yeah, yeah Lyles, Lyles was out for a long Lyles, time. Lyles, uh, and he be, he never got really got back in the game at all after either. No, no, no. I and I think there are others that are just totally just flying by us. You know, Felicity was, was a knee injury. Wait, well, why did Kev, why did Miller miss a big? Was it a concussion when Miller missed a bunch? When Kevlar, when Kevin Miller missed a bunch of times in the beginning of the season, or was it something else? I think uh, McQuaid definitely missed some with concussion. Yeah, McQuaid missed a couple games. That's no quite thing to do. Yeah. yeah, pretty much whenever I see upper body injury, yeah. I, unless I know it's the shoulder, I just. You know, when they say upper body, that generally speak. When they say upper body, without being more specific, that usually means concussion and they're not admitting it, which is actually worse. Yeah, yeah. Yes, if you ever, 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 I, this is my PSA for today. If you ever, ever do anything where you're you feel a little confused after because you've hit your head or your head has gone a little too kablooey especially if you've hit your head on something please go to a doctor get it checked out um no matter what time of day it is go get it checked out because you don't want to find out the wrong way that uh you're dead (laughs) but basically if you have a concussion they can probably tell you that you're okay okay so this awkwardly wraps around to Sidney Crosby, stop slamming people's heads into the ice, you fucking asshole. Okay. And, yes. and for his benefit, if Jenny Malkin, <gasps> don't punch Roman Yossi. Not the face, you fool. Not, Not the, the face. face. 
I, I, I admittedly turned off the game by that point. It was a very exciting day to see Rachel talk about Comey. You know how it is. But anyway, I couldn't take seeing Pecorine or you see Staros take any more shots. And of course, they both took three on goal each. It was a terrible game. But Evgeny Malkin. Oh, that's right. My husband had transfixed me, put me under a spell to tell me that Evgeny Malkin was a good guy. He said, he loves dogs. Have you seen him with his dog, Jeffrey? And I said, no. And then I Googled and I found him with his dog, Jeffrey, who is a dog de Bordeaux. A Bordeaux. I'm sorry. I don't speak French. I'm sorry. It's a French Mastiff. Whatever. And so that was cute. And then I saw him with all the little shelter puppies. And I was like, oh, Evgeny Malkin. He's a good guy. He's very ugly, but he's a good guy. And then he is beating up Romeosi. No! Not his face! On to Bruins News. <laughs> Bruises, yes. So this week saw the retirement of another member of the 2011 Stanley Cup team, Gregory Soupy Campbell. Yes, he um, announced his retirement this week and is taking a player development role of some sort with the most recent team to employ him, Columbus Blue Jackets. Which is curious. Because his divorce from that team was uh, messy, to say the least. It was ugly. Very, very they, ugly. They waived him and sent him, tried to send him to uh, their AHL affiliate in Cleveland. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand him not wanting to go to Cleveland. The Browns play there. It's got some nice gastropubs. It's got a fun little street scene. But it's also got the Browns. It does have the Browns. Um, so he didn't, he refused to report, and they suspended him. And then about some months later, they uh, they waived him, put him on conditional waivers, and uh, mutual termination of the contract. It was ugly. It was very, very it, ugly. It involves some strange choices on Greg's part, because, um, you know, he, he forewent a non-trivial portion of the one point whatever million dollars he was to be spent paid this year. Yeah, that was dumb. Considering he was never a high-earning player, that just seems like a really stupid choice. It was a one-way contract. He was going to get paid that regardless. Exactly. It was an ego thing. Yeah, yes. And so, anyway, so now Greg Campbell is retired. That makes him one of three uh, players from that 2011 squad who are officially who were officially retiring this season. Others, of course, being Sean Thornton and Andrew Ference has now moved to the from the unofficially to the officially retired status. Those three join actually a pretty sizable group of, of retirees from that, group, from that from that winning team. Of course, Mark Recchi retired um, on the ice when they were passing the puck around, leaving the cup around. Uh, Tim Thomas has uh, left hockey. Whether he officially announced a retirement or not does not matter. He hasn't played in several years. He's in his bunker. And they seem similar case to Michael Ryder is in an undisclosed location in Newfoundland. You know, catching codfish or something now. This is what he does there. He's a nice Newfoundlander. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes it turned into an adorable dog it has a lot of fur and it's pretty big and it's black and it's got the purple tongue oh no no not a purple tongue that's the chow it's impressive on michael Ryder's part going from being a ginger to, to being a big black dog oh no bees are the best <laughs> um Thomas Caberlet retired, I believe, a year ago at the end of his last season in the che- in the KHL or Czech League. I don't remember which one he closed out in. It does not matter. He's Thomas Caberlet. He's Schrodinger's Caberlet. He's got the so, weird mustache, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Rich Peverly has retired for injury. And um, uh, Nathan Horton. Nathan Horton is all but is retired in all but name. 
and then of course you know you got some 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 satellite players there you know mark, mark savard did get his name on the cup he was on the team that year he's, this is the last year of his contract so he is now actually retired and Shane Hannity, of course, retired right after that and became the radio broadcaster for the radio color guy for the Jets in their inaugural in, in for from their inaugural season. And he did do some of the IAHF stuff for uh, one of the Canadian networks. Let's say TSN. It was a TSN radio station that he was doing the play-by-play for the Jets. Oh, but so. he was doing like actual like face on face, really. Okay, yeah. the sheriff really the sheriff really is on duty. Yeah, I think it was TSN that was handling the um, IIHF stuff. I mean, importantly, Shane did Hinnity's the come back, games. which means there are, in fact, still guns in the valley because Shane came back. He was doing the Germany games. And, of course, Fine. who Leave is my, the... Don't, don't, don't address my awesome Shane joke. Fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't get your awesome Jane, Shane joke. The, the, the closing lines from the movie Shane, um, he's like, Oh, sorry, kid, Ty, I gotta go, but, but tell your ma there's no more guns in the valley. It's also quoted several times in um, uh, Logan, which was awesome. <laughs> I didn't see Logan. What's Logan about again? Wolverine, Wolverine. fucking shit up. Oh, but yeah. R-rated, so like seriously doing exactly, fucking shit up the way you'd think someone with several knives and dashed to their hands would fuck shit up. I actually don't understand. Well, okay, well, I never saw any of the Wolverine movies in the theater, but I really do like Hugh Jackman, and especially as Wolverine. So I'm really puzzled by why I've never seen any of them. Well, well don't see um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. That movie is awful. I did see I only it. recently saw The Wolverine for the first time, and it was actually a lot better than I expected. Wait a minute. Was The Wolverine that had Liev Schreiber in it, or was no, it? No, 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 no. That, that's Origins Wolverine. Okay, the so Wolverine is the one that takes place in Japan, so he's, oh, the, only white, no, so he's the only white character in it. Yeah, I've seen both of them, and it, maybe that's why – that informs why I didn't see Logan. I was kind of confused yeah. that maybe I didn't Origins, incidentally, of course, is why we eventually got Deadpool, because Ryan Reynolds <laughs> – was cast was cast as as Wade Williams, and they ruined the character. Wilson, and, Wade Wilson, Wilson. Sorry, and then ruined the and they ruined the character as the Rooks. They merged Deadpool and Weapon Eleven and did some weird fucking stupid shit. But and eventually, Deadpool is definitely worth seeing. It's so fucking romantic. Deadpool's fucking awesome. Oh my god, I need to go see Deadpool again. Thank God I have it downstairs. I haven't seen that one either. Oh my god, Tim, you gotta see Deadpool. How many? Times do I have to tell you? Okay. She's right now. Probably quite a bit. I have told you that since the time that I said, hey, I'm going to go see Deadpool on Valentine's Day because it's fucking romantic. And then I've seen it so many times since then, because mostly because I own it now. I even showed my friends who were totally like, hey, I don't know what Deadpool's about. And then they were like, oh my God, that was so totally violent. But like, knives and love. That's what it's about. It's so fucking <laughs> And 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 lots of sex jokes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I. You know what? Deadpool is like. It's the movie that describes me. It really is. Knives, loves, and sex. Knives, love, and sex jokes. I do love knives. I really do. I don't know. I. I mean, you're talking to a guy that hasn't seen Star Wars yet. So. I'm not telling you to say see Star Wars. I'm telling you to see Deadpool is a totally different thing. Deadpool. I However, you probably should see Star Wars, you know, um, a shared cultural baseline and all that. But uh, it, it would be great. <laughs> but Kirk Ludicky says, go see Deadpool. I know that. Kirk that. says it. Kirk he says it, Tim. That. He told me that on, on Twitter. And there's also he the looks at romance. his arm while there's a hole in it and it's healing. What more do you need to see? I don't know. Oh. And like, 
and like the, the the big dramatic walking up to the battle scene is is is, is soundtracked by um or is it sound, soundtrack with DMX? Yes. And... <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> no. No. Tim, seriously, it's a fun movie. It's really fun. It's just like it's one of those movies. Like if you really want to get out of the moment, watch that movie because it will get you out of the moment. It'll get you laughing. It's gruesome. It is full of vendetta. It's like you can live vicariously through Deadpool, and it's great. Is that an accurate assessment? He chases down a guy with a Zamboni. Oh, I forgot about the Zamboni! It was so freaking awesome! So. <laughs> well, only yeah. after our last episode, shortly after we discussed at length how we thought this might not happen and that it was okay, Bruins signed Andres Bjork. Oh Bjork! my god! <laughs> always fucking signing right after we talk about it and we're like ah he's probably gonna stay in school for another year because that's so important <gasps> he did he signed so so it seems basically that we, we can reasonably assume i think that the mcavoy got to him and he turns around right away and starts chirping posture knock on instagram for not signing a contract yet no no, 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 no. I I blame the Anders Bjork thing on us. Because we said one thing and he said, fuck that. Because he's obviously a listener. He said... Okay, so in that case, in that case, I'm going to say, it's like, you know what? I think Posternock's going to be a holdout. And it's going to take a lot of the summer to sign him. My point is, is, is if you're saying to us talking about him, you know, it's not signing, so we've got him to sign. I'm trying to get Posternock's contract done with. You know, here's the thing about the Posternock signing. It's going to happen. I know it's going to Oh, it absolutely is. Um... And it, it had better be max term. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, what, what is max term? Eight I don't... years. <gasps> oh my god. That's so surprising. He's going to be like 29 by the end of that. Yeah, no kidding, right? We won't, he, he... Have, we won't have to sell uh, his firstborn son or something. I don't know. He won't be Honestly, RFA like, by then. That right? I think that would be a good age for him, to be perfectly honest. Signs for eight years. He's 29, which means he can still cash in pretty fucking good on his, on his third contract, be it here or elsewhere at that stage. 29-year-old UFA is a good age to be because... He's gonna be more, a bit more willing to throw you big, big coin. That's so odd because it's like at that point, it's like you're looking at what could be your final contract. But twenty nine versus thirty does you better. That's all I'm saying. Is twenty nine that different than thirty? It's not, but there's a perception element. Mm. But a UFA under thirty is a big deal, regardless of what their actual age is at that point. Anyway, so yeah, York signed. So um, you should make camp very interesting um, because uh, in terms of left wings battling, in, presumably battling in camp for a chance to play in the team, you have him, DeBrusque, and Heinen are all probably going to be duking it out for a chance to be that second line left wing. Also, Vetrano, of course, is still in the, in the cards. Well, Vetrano had a rough a rough season. I wouldn't count I wouldn't count Frankie V out yet. I'm going to say they're going to give Bjork a, a top nine, definitely. I, I, think I think it all depends it, on what becomes of Bolesky as well. Oh, yes, and that's going to happen in the second part of this discussion eventually when we get to Yes, that. but, you know, anyway, basically the fact of the matter is we have a lot of people that are going to be fighting for... Well, realistically speaking, we only, there's only one left wing spot that's, that's locked in, and that's, of course, Marshy. After that, we have three roster spots, um, and it's going to be a battle within some mixture, uh, yet to be announced, of course, of Bolesky, Vetrano, DeBrusque, Bjork, Heinen, Corelli. Heinen needs another year. Also, I think Heinen has a better shot competing on the right wing. I didn't even he think played, of that possibility. He plays both wings, and uh, frankly, we, you know... 
don't have a third line Red Wing. Especially if we get rid of Jimmy Hayes. Which we ought to. He's not even like adequate as a 13th forward. His 13th forward needs to be versatile and can do things. Tim Schaller should be our 13th forward next year. So, yeah, so Bjork being in the fold is great news. And they have to be, at least, he's going he's gonna to get a long look at camp. We'll see what happens. But I have to assume they, they, they promised him, like, a serious chance of making the team out of camp. Yeah, I mean, remember, Cassidy expects that DeBrusque is going to make a, or a play, too. DeBrusque and Heinen both turned it, started bringing the heat, and particularly towards the end of the season, and particularly in the playoffs. So both of them are guys to watch. Yep. Uh, I believe that Heinen maybe scored more, but DeBrusque looked like he was just building up for something. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing. If you listen to listen and, to, to, and read Ludicky, his discussions of Denton Heinen point out that he will never necessarily look as good as he actually is on the ice. Yeah, so look, like Heinen, basically the idea is that he's a very quiet player. Does everything efficiently and well and with no flash whatsoever. Yep. I'm very excited about what's going to happen in the fall. I am. Despite the fact that I keep threatening to quit hockey, I'm very excited about what... Cassidy's going to do with this whole bunch of new young people that are going to come in. I'm probably, I'm way more excited than I would have been had we had Claude and rest in peace Claude and I don't know how to do the Catholic stuff. So there's been some trade rumors. Trade rumors! So this week there's been some murmurs, mostly uh, propagating by um, uh, courtesy of Ty Anderson. Uh, first there was word that the Bruins were um, uh, looking at uh, Jonas Brodin. From the Minnesota Mild. <laughs> yeah. And they were looking at a the first round pick, which is the the eighteenth overall pick. Like something like a first and and Spooner's rights or something like that, probably is what they were talking. Right. I, I've heard different things. I didn't really pay attention to what Ty but said. Any, but anyway, like uh, Broding's not that high on the list of Defense Minnesota defenseman that I would pursue. Which I mean, I want. I would. I would want Spurgeon unambiguously. Is he he's left, also not. Or is he right? Spurgeon, I believe, might actually be. No, no, I'm talking about Brodine. Brodine's a lefty, and that's what we need. I think that we somehow have an excess of right-handed defensemen. We have five NHL level right shot D. And I don't understand it. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Just a season ago, we were playing guys like Lyles and Seidenberg on their offhand. Oh, sides. Anyway. But yes, now we have Carlo. <laughs> Proceed. Um, <laughs> that was very well done. <laughs> <laughs> McAvoy. Matt Daddy. Uh, several Millers. And then, of course, Adam McQuaid. <laughs> not a, that's not normal for a team to be that flush on the right side. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, those guys are all either young with room to grow or are what they are and are nothing special. But um, that's still a lot of depth on the right side. Whereas the left, we have a 40-year-old Zdeno Chara and Tori Krupp. So, yes, the Bruins need a third line, a third pairing lefty. This is part of why I guess they're looking at Brody and Wild have too many defensemen they want to protect. But again, I would, with apart from Suter, and that's just because of his contract, Brodeen is uh, at the bottom of the list of what Minnesota defensemen I would be interested in. So you're definitely saying, let me just cut this short, you're saying he is definitely not worth your first overall 18th pick. Yeah, he's a funny one, because so, so basically he's really good defensively, but his, uh, his ability um, on offense is 
almost it is so bad as to be a negative asset regardless of his defensive capabilities. It's kind of unique. So even for a third pair, you're really looking at the offensive uh, capabilities is what you're basically saying. Well, a third pairing gets sheltered so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. Brodine's not a third pairing defenseman, but he would fucking feast on the competition down there. Or it would be a case of rolling three evenly distributed lines that way lowering Char's minutes. But he's not my choice. I would prefer rather than giving up assets to sign, say, Brendan Smith for less money. Yes. But, oh my god, what? Yeah, Brendan Smith. I would, I would, Brendan Smith is probably not going to cost much more than three, three and a half million to, to sign. So, and for a third pairing lefty, you, 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 you could do a lot fucking worse. But I have to ask you, do you think that you're overvaluing the first round pick that we have this year at 18? No, no, absolutely. I, I, I think confidently that given the, the, the wealth of assets we have in the, last, in the number of, of draft picks we've had the last two years, that um, if the right deal for the right player comes along, that, that, that pick should be traded. Okay, so you're just basically saying that Brodin is not that guy. That's all I'm saying, yes. I'm okay. not opposed to a trade for, for, for a, uh, another lefty because, frankly, getting someone that's like a second-pairing lefty so we have someone already lined up for when Chara retire, possibly retires in a year is not a bad idea. I just don't think Brodeen is that guy. Find a, a reasonable, attainable left, uh, um, left shot D for that third pairing. Someone who can be expected to be a second pairing in a year when Char is potentially gone. That's why I think a signing of Brendan Smith or Michael Delzato would be Aww. more prudent than just about any alternative. I know you don't like Michael Delzato because he's, he's kind of a shitty because he's a creepy motherfucker. Yes. And I, I know it sounds shitty to not like somebody because of their off-ice behavior, but we don't need predators in Boston. Sorry. I mean, the only predators should say in Nashville and not like predators off the ice like just on ice predators which he was once but not anymore that's right he was briefly a predator he was he was I talked about that the last pod episode so yes okay so the expansion draft is coming up soon in which the Las Vegas Golden Knights go ahead Tim Woo! yes they are going to be able to select whomever they want from each of the other 30 teams. So so each team has to uh, provide a list of people who are protected. And there are a bunch of rules that maybe I should just let Jeff kind of go off on about who should be protected on each team. Okay. I can do what I can. There might be some holes, listeners, so I apologize in advance for any mistakes I make. So first point, any player within with a no movement clause for the 17-18 season must be protected. Unless the player either waives their, their no movement clause or they're a player that is effectively retired. So for example, the Leafs do not have to protect Nathan Horton. So on top of that, you need to protect, every team needs to protect, oh no, sorry, expose two eligible forwards, one eligible defenseman, and one eligible goaltender. Now, the rules that define what constitutes eligible. Uh, eligible goaltender is either an RFA or a con- or UFA under contract. Um, for skaters, they, they need to either have um, uh, skated in 40 games over the last two seasons, I believe. Is that what it is? Something like that. Um... It's um the way they're wording it right now in the draft simulator right now is confusing me. Um, unfortunately. This is why I messaged you the other night because I was very confused. 
No, 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 sorry. It's 70 games over the last two seasons or 40 this past season, I believe. That's what it is. Ish. Those are the two names that are relevant, numbers that are relevant. 70 and 40. I'm just trying to remember what the distribution there is. There actually, is. no. Actually, no. Looking at these numbers, yeah, it's, it's Tommy Cross says 39 games remaining. Okay, so it would be 40 games this season or 70 over the last two. There we go. Done. Right. And there are certain players that are exempt. Yes, and players that are under, have two or fewer pro seasons played. So basically someone who's just finished their second year is exempt. For example, Frank Vetrano, um, uh, Austin Zarnick are still exempt. But for example, oh, David Pasternak just finished his third year. So he is mm. So he is eligible. Yeah, see, so the, the question they had the other night was whether or not RFAs, UFAs, and okay. yeah, so yes. on were... So, so, so UFAs don't count towards um, exposure requirements. RFAs that have been tendered their their qualifying offer do if they have the, the games played. Okay, so Pasternak fits in that. Um, yes. Okay. So, just based off starting with the NMC rules, Bruins uh, have cannot expose Krejci, Bercheron, Bacchus, or Chara. What about Marchand? Marchand, at least according to, to Cap Friendly, is... Uh, not affected yet because I believe his new contract, which has an AMC, doesn't start until July 1st. Oh, okay. That's what I interpreted a little bit differently than you did. Okay, this is, I'm going by the way Cap Friendly does it. I honestly thought that it didn't matter in the fact that he had an NMC kicking in for next season. Uh-huh. Right, right. So this I looked is, at the same information, but I interpreted it as Brad Marchand was safe. Anyway... So, so those are the four players the Bruins um, are required to, uh, to to protect, regardless, unless they were to ask them to waive it, and they're not going to. Sure as fuck aren't going to do it, Bergie. They only signed Bacchus a year ago. Char is the only one that you could, in a hypothetical scenario, see them asking him to waive his NMC, and they're not going to do that either because he's the fucking captain. No. No. I never thought of that for a minute that they would ever ask him to do yeah. that. He has so, a full no movement clause. At like, 40. Yes, which means they don't have to ask for a list of teams or anything. It is a no movement clause, which is kind of rare. Well, here's the thing is you can have an NMC and still have a limited NTC. No Shh. movement. Shut up, Doug. <laughs> basically, yes. Um, Hypothetically speaking, a player can have an NMC, which just basically means they can't be sent down and apparently not- exposed to the draft, but you can't be tra- but, can, but could still be traded. But anyway, he's it's not, not happening. He's not on the table. So, beyond that, the Bruins, of course, have two choices. They can protect seven forwards, three defensemen and a goaltender, or they can protect eight skaters and a goalie. Um, So, in order to protect more than three defensemen, any team... So, so some teams, of course, are going to have to seriously think about this uh, this this um, uh, matter with respect to how, what, what their protection structure looks like. Um, you know, um, Nashville obviously is protected defenseman, which means they're doing the eight skater. It's fine. They don't have a, a lot of their forwards are comestible. Um, I would not touch their defense ever. Exactly. Uh, the Wild and the Ducks are probably other examples of this. The Bruins have four defensemen that they could conceivably want to protect, but they're not going to do it. Krug, Chara, oh. and the Millers. Oh, in an ideal right. world, that is what I would behave. And there's been a lot of debate in the Boston media about that. I mean, a lot of people say it's like, well, you protect Colin Miller because he's 24 and he was starting to look pretty fucking good towards the end of the season. But at the same token, Kevin Miller was understatedly phenomenal in the playoffs, to be perfectly honest. He was called upon to serve and he served. Uh, I mean, 
Colin Miller was also actually really good during the parts of the playoffs he played in. I guess so, it really depends uh, on what you're looking for to keep. Exactly. And it's not like this hand just doesn't come to play because, of course, they're both righties. Both of them played the left side at various points of the season. Because the two of them, now that bottom Miller, the Miller's pairing, which side each of them played did change throughout the season a couple times. Dominantly, it was Kevin on the on the left, Colin on the right. But it did happen the other way around a few times, too. Yeah, but ideally you don't want to have your guy playing on the, the opposite side. That they're well, both, well more, with that pairing, you were going to no matter what. Right, right. Well, and, and then, yeah. The paucity of a left-siders. So, assuming we are only protecting three defensemen, which we are guaranteed it's going to be the case, and I'll get to why in a minute. I don't know which what I what, what I go with there. My inclination is to protect Chiller and then find some sort of dangle to convince George McPhee not to take Kevin. I I do it that way. I do it that way. I, I make sure we're safe on Colin because he's the more valuable asset of it. <gasps> You know, just in just in case McPhee proves faceless, pr- proves faithless. Mm-hmm. Remember, these trades are hypothetically speaking nothing. It's only a considera- It's only draft considerations. And he can't. He's take actually Joe- under no obligation to follow through on them. And he can't take Joe Morrow. Damn it. Well, Joe Morrow, if he gets tendered as QO, oh fuck no, he doesn't have enough. Technically, Joe Morrow would be exposed, but he doesn't meet our exposure requirements. So oh. someone that doesn't meet the someone that doesn't meet the requirements, but is exposed, can still be exposed, but it's not going to take fucking Joe Morrow. So here's, uh, I guess you know, it's funny because it's kind of like I don't know for some reason I always thought uh, I thought that we would be having some kind of debate about forwards, but it's well, we'll get be, back to that in a bit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you so, have to you have to expose McQuaid, and I I really feel like you have to expose Colin Miller. You you think that strongly? I honestly don't know what side I fall on. Again, my preference is to bribe McPhee not to touch Kevin, but you protect Colin just to be sure. Tim, what do you think? I honestly I I protect Kevin just because I feel like you need to guarantee that he's on this team. With how he played through the playoffs, I think that he's earned that. And I just I just hope that McPhee doesn't touch Colin at that point or try to do something, maybe be like, here's Spooner's rights. Don't touch Colin. Yes, yeah, yeah. If Colin is exposed without something done, McPhee will take Colin. Yeah, he's got one year left. Right? At a million, and he's 24. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if Colin's exposed without something done, it's, it's done. It's over. Any discussion of offload, of, of, get, of offloading the McQuaid or Bolesky contracts is gone. It's not going to fucking happen. Well, here's uh, something, too, that I, I read, too. I know um, during the playoffs when the Bruins were still in it, uh, towards the end of their little run there, uh, Ty Anderson tweeted that he thinks Kevin Miller will get protected and that he has to be. And I said, do you think Colin – I asked him if he thought Colin would get taken. He said no. He thinks that McQuaid would definitely be picked by the Golden Knights and that I don't, I don't they see would why possibly I'm make him their captain at that point. Interesting uh, point, but I just – I don't see – they're going to have a lot of leadership guys available to them. Yeah, and yeah. in that scenario, when you have a choice between McQuaid and Chiller – if you're George McPhee, what do you do? Honestly, Tim. I mean, I, I I take Chiller any day of the week. Yeah. The upside is just greater, and the likelihood that you're going to get a good at a good year out of him and then resign him is greater than getting a good year out of McQuaid and you're still going to have another year after that. Yes. And I mean, McQuaid pretty much just had a career year. He he had a really good year during the season, and he played in the most games he's ever played in in the NHL. I, the and, and he did, and he was a top four deemed league possession wise. Now, granted, I, it's because Tory Krug is that fucking good, but um, 
But, you know, it also, one, I have to say that, yes, McQueen had a really good year for all of those reasons. And if you expose him in such a way that he's not going to have the same kind of player on his other side, you're going to see his real deficits. And two, he's going to be, he's going to revert back to form with injury. And three, I just, uh, I'm sad about losing McQueen because of the whole Homer thing, but... Uh, on the other hand, it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I I, 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 I love Adam McQuaid's, like, steadfast dedication to this franchise. I love that he was on that cup team. Mm-hmm. I love the, I, 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 I the, the reckless abandon with which he plays as much as it horrifies me. I will not miss his delay of games. Oh, oh my God, I will not miss that. That is my least favorite yes. part of his play. But yes. at the same time, and we know I'm... I'm I'm cat GM and wow. he's, he's it just means I have no loyalty. Um, yes, I know. I was just he has, that effect. <laughs> so he, he's the weakest link in our, in our defense. But here's the thing is, yeah, okay, they're going to explode McQuaid. Whether he gets taken or not is another matter entirely. But yeah, I genuinely think I protect Colin Miller just to be fucking sure. And then get, see what it takes to give McPhee to get him to not take Kevin Miller. I don't know why I am so upset about changing the order of this defense, knowing now what I know what defenses can be. I know. I mean, like, honestly, like, like what I would be quite okay with going into next season with is our defense would be Chara McAvoy, Krug, Carlo, Millers. Like, God, I just hate the dog GM in me. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so we're, we're not in, in full agreement on the matter of defense, but it's a complicated problem. So it's just a matter of waiting a week and seeing what the fuck Don Sweeney does. You have Honestly, to expose I, McQuaid. You have to. Oh, yeah. They're not protecting McQuaid. There's no fucking way they're protecting McQuaid. Of the three guys that meet the criteria for exposed D, he's the least valuable by a mile. Can I tell you something that I found really alarming when I looked at Cap Friendly? Because that is the resource we have to look at now. And actually, having played with it a little bit, it's not that bad. I, I understand how General, General, General Fanager wasn't better. It was a better site. But Cap Friendly's fine. You know what? I, I don't know. I think it really depends on how you retain information. And Cap Friendly's working for me, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. It's... All I have, but I, I get it. I get it. Um, and I really loved, you know, Cap Geek and all those other things. But looking at it, the only real no movement clause that you have on the defense is the Denotaro. Yeah. That is fucking brilliant, don't you think? I mean, on the part of Sweeney, in that he can... This is because he bought out Seidenberg. <sighs> There'd be two if he hadn't. And honestly... This is why, this more than anything is probably why he bought out Seidenberg. Mm-hmm. I look forward to the day where we can say Seidenberg and I don't have a uh, moment. I know, VA, and I'm sorry, and I did not, I'm not, I'm not happy that no, I had to say that. No. I knew it would upset you, but it's, 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 it's a very real fact of this because if we had still had Seidenberg on an NMC, I think even you would be like, this is a problem. <laughs> I miss my yeah. German. That's all. That's all it is. It, that's all it is. I I can see him in in Islanderville. Is how I'm going to say it. In Brooklyn, I can see him. Yes. Let's not get it twisted too with Seidenberg. He had an okay year this year. However, I think it was Hags that wrote that. In hindsight, the buyout was now stupid. Let's not get that twisted. It wasn't stupid. It was smart. Let's not let's not bring that up. 
I'm not going to say it was stupid. It made me very, very sad. Those are two different things. They I, are. Yes, yes. Even I'm smart enough to know that those are two different things. And yeah. that things need to happen, and I, I can totally be unhappy about them. But really, realistically, the beginning part of this year was really great, and the end part was not so great. Because the Islanders kind of fell flat after a while. Let's just admit that. And after a while, it's like, even when I went down to see them, they had, you know, they show like the the view of inside the locker room and like Seidenberg was right there, like getting ready to tell people like, yeah, have a great game on the out, on the way out. And he was playing. I, I know what that is, you know, and I was super happy to see him as temporary captain of uh, the Germany team. It's super great. I wish I would have seen them in their home uniforms because those are so hot. Okay. Okay. Yes. So forwards, um, we have seven slots and three of them are spoken for. Yes. I, I had a spreadsheet. I was going to look at Let me look at it. Seven forwards. Yes. Yes. Seven forwards. We're obviously have no choice, but we're checking Krejci, Bergeron, and Bacchus. Um, so the other spots. So Marchand is not not required, but I think we can all agree here that Marchand is also a non-negotiable protection. Yep. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> yes, you know. Yeah, uh, just a bit, right? Yeah. Um. Obviously, Pasternak also. Yep. So that's that's already five out of seven. So we have two more slots, and this is where it gets interesting. Assuming we haven't traded Ryan Spooner's rights yet. Oh. Yes. I would say that Ryan, if if we still hold Ryan Spooner's rights at the time at the time of putting in the lists, Ryan Spooner's protection, even even though it's unambiguous that he has no intentions of starting the next season with him on the roster. Wait a minute. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't you have to? Okay, I'm trying to. No, that's not going to work very well. Let's try this again. What about Frank Petrano? Doesn't he have to? Frank be- Petrano is not eligible. He only has two two pro seasons. Okay, so he is exempt. Okay, for some yeah. reason I did Petrano, yeah, yeah. So so Petrano and Sarnik, for example, are both exempt. Okay, so um, and wait a minute, let's get this straight again. David Pasternak is he exempt or not? Pasternak is not exempt. No, he's just finished his third year. So okay, so you have to protect him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And you're talking about protecting Ryan Spooner. Yes. So basically the notion is Spooner is a valuable asset. Yep. So if if we have not yet traded his rights, unless they decide to say, fuck it, expose expose him and his rights in the interest of preventing anyone else to be taken, which would be a stupid, stupid fucking choice, Mm -hmm. you have to protect him. Okay. I don't know I mean, why I'm so blindsided by this, but I am. The only way I agree with you is if they plan on packaging Spooner with the 18th overall pick to trade for someone. Well, I mean, like, you know, but my point is, is um, Ryan Spooner is worth something. He is. He is. And he's worth, and he, he's probably worth more as a trade asset than he is as a decoy. Okay. Yeah, I can get that because mostly because the, any trade talk has involved him. Yeah. So I think, I don't think, I, I, plus I just don't think there are, are two other players that require protection that warrant it. All right. All right. So let's talk about who is unprotected here. Well, well hang on. There's, we still have one more spot. Okay. And my vote for that is Riley Nash. I was going to say, you better say Riley Nash. Holy cow. 
Yeah, the ones I'm looking at, Riley Nash has to be on there. Especially yes. if you want that fourth line. Yes, I desperately want that fourth line. So, okay, so guys that we have that we can protect, that we can expose, who importantly meet the criteria for exposure, so the game's played, right? The game's played and are signed. So, for example, you know, Drew Stafford and Dom Moore meet the criteria for games played, but they don't count because they're UFAs. UFAs, yep. Um, so guys that, that meet the criteria, of course, would be Matt Bolesky, um, Jimmy Hayes, um, and uh, Tim Schaller by virtue of being an RFA. Yep. Um, I like Tim Schaller. I want him to stay part of this team. I don't think he's a real risk of being taken in expansion, so I'm not concerned about it. No, they're more likely to take Bolesky, aren't they? It's a tricky one. You see, because uh, he's signed for three more years, and if I'm McPhee, I'm looking at no one with more than two years on contract. Because but- I want people. I want people that I can then flip when I'm not in the playoffs next trade deadline and the year after. Well, who's to say that isn't Bolesky? Let's say, let's say Bolesky has a good year, half a year next year. And someone, he can... you, you think someone might take him on even with two more years on, potentially. Maybe, maybe. It's potential. I mean, don't get me wrong. As looking at the Bruins roster, I want them to take Bolesky because McQuaid is tradable. After the season Bolesky just had, he is not. Yeah, Bolesky had a bad year and McQuaid had a good year by comparison. Um, McQuaid had an, an objectively excellent year. Let's, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. An objectively excellent year, but we know we also know what he is and what he isn't and realistically, um, okay. he's not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm couching it in the, I'm going to miss Adam McQuaid, even with all of his faults and warts and all that, and you will not. <laughs> I'm being very good to Adam McQuaid here. I just said he had an excellent, an objectively excellent season by any measure. (laughs) I know, know, despite the fact that I try to be so, so much like a man, I am so, so dog GM here. I'm sorry. Um, So, yeah, so that's my view is you expose them because obviously, you know, uh, you want Jimmy Hayes to go away. Yes. Yes, I do. I. It's I, not going to fucking happen. Not this way. It's He's only going out for either a throw-in, which means a trade that is going to cost extra assets to make him go the other direction. Like a spooner. Or, or a buyout. Or he gets buried. My preference is he just gets sent down. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much does he actually make? Jimmy Hayes, ha- Jimmy Hayes has a cap hit of $2.3 million. So what does that buyout mean? Um, I've done it before... I'm going to take a minute to bring it up again. But um, I'll start off because while I'm doing this, I can talk to his uh, burial. So, so if you bury him, uh, the first 950000 goes away, which means he would have a cap hit of one and a quarter. Yep. Um, that's reasonable. Um, because to be honest, the money he cleared, whoever you call up to fill that hole will, do, will be better for the same aggregate cap hit. But remember, the cap hit is going to be uh, static this year. You know, but what I'm saying though is, if you have a, if you put a, if you put a prospect in that third line right wing, whether it's Sinishin or Heinen or Zarnick or who the yeah. fuck have you, um, that person plus the burial over overage will be about the same as paying Hayes at the NHL level. And they'll be getting more experience. They'll be getting more experience. The ad, the net cap hit will be unchanged. Right. Now I've got it up now because courtesy cap friendly is beautiful on my um, buyout calculator. And it were we to buy out um, uh, Jimmy Hayes, he would have a cap hit next season of $566,667. And then he hit the year after of 
$866,666. Oh, so you're basically gambling on the the cap to rise next year, which is a dangerous thing. So Yes, yeah, so 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 basically what what this does is he has a smaller effect this year. While incidentally, this is the year the Seidenberg contract uh, a buyout is quite expensive. Yeah. The Seidenberg contract, Seidenberg the Seiden buyout this year. Okay. The Seiden the Seiden buyout this season is over 2 million. Um, next year it drops to one point one six 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 seven. Too many sixes. One point one four sixes and a seven. Um, wow! The next so two seasons. Seidenberg's making two uh, three point two five million this year. Mm. So, but this year it's 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 two two, two million one hundred sixty six thousand six hundred sixty seven dollars for Seidenberg buyout. For the Seidenberg buyout. So. You save aggregate cap this season on a Hayes buyout. But Frank, he's got one season left. Bury him, swallow it, and he's gone. Yeah, so Jimmy Hayes, you, you want someone to take him. Yes. Oh, no, so ideally, yes. Ideally, but they're not going to. Jimmy Hayes is going to be on this team, so I think he's playing in Providence next year. Well, he's definitely going to light it up in the Foxborough Pro League this summer. And he's going to celebrate uh-huh. every goal like it's going to be his last one. As it may well be. Because I've seen that before. Woo-hoo. So, yeah. Um, so, so forwards, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think I'm on the right track here, by and large? I Yeah, I think you are. But one thing, I I think Bolesky would be actually maybe um, kind of um, intriguing for a couple reasons. Because his contract's all, also not that bad. Um, he's got $3.8 million a year for the next three years. Um, but also, he only has a modified no-trade clause for the next two. So that last year of the deal, there's no clause for a no-trade clause. And at that point in time, he's only owed $3.8 million. You could buy him out for fairly cheap at that point. Um, so I think effectively, it's kind of like having a two-year deal there um, where, you may be, where he may get taken. I think you definitely expose Bolesky. I, I, I don't. He's not going to get taken. I don't think Bleskis is going to get taken just because of the season he just had, which is unfortunate. It'd be nice if, you, if the contract would go away because we're not going to be able to trade Bleski. No. But you know what? I I don't know. I really don't know George McPhee. But if I'm presented with the idea of taking, well, honestly, if I had to take a forward from the Bruins, which I'm not sure I'd want to commit to. If I had to take a forward between like Bolesky and Hayes, I would take Bolesky because I I really feel like you can look at him and you can go, he had a bad year, he had a knee injury, and he never really uh, recovered from that. And I expect him to bounce back this year. Even if he's with a new team, I think he's just going to be better than he was last year. And then you can decide what you want to do with him after that. Well, Well, remember, Bruins also have Schaller um, exposable. And also interesting, and um, my cat friendly's only recently added him in. There's someone else, another forward the Bruins own the rights to, who is exposable, and it could Come be interesting. Yeah. Oh shit! I had no idea that was just a wild guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I he hadn't, uh, he hadn't appeared. In, you, oh, yeah. you, I would, I would use him as a negotiating to try to say, hey, guy, hey, hey George. You notice you have a thing for Russians. They're having them, uh, ha- having signed Chips Ahoy there, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> I love his name. It's Chips Ahoy. I came up with that. I know you did. <laughs> I, I have no idea what his name is, but Chips Ahoy is a great name. 
Sepachev or something like that? Chef's ahoy! <laughs> um, so perhaps you say, hey, here's the rights of Koka for, for, for Koklachev. You can have them if you promise that you'll take either Bolesky or McQuaid. Oh, shit, Chef, why? Why do you do this to us? You make us seem so dumb. <laughs> that was a compliment that was wrapped up in an insult. <laughs> and because, yeah, we, to you with a punch. Because this is the only way the Bruins are ever going to get value out of the Kokleshev asset, right? Coco is never going to come back to play for the Bruins. No, he's not. And this is the sort of throwaway trade situation where Kokleshev's rights have value. As opposed to actually in terms of acquiring an asset, no, he's got none. But in terms of steering McPhee's decisions with respect to the Bruins, I think he's got quite a bit. Oh, man. Jeff totally outboxed us, Tim. I mean, to be fair, I forgot Kokolchev was still a thing. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, a- oh, Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta show you this. <laughs> this came in from Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We'll sell Coco for Stanley Cup ticks. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That is my husband's take on this. And also, I want to just tell you that uh, my husband's take on on, um, on Cindy Crosby is, Fuck that guy! That checks out. Yes, a smart man. Yes, it, it, it does. It's like, uh, it, in fact, I, I forgot that I was going to bring him on so he could say, fuck that guy. That is so funny. And I can actually smell the fumes from the marker that he used. <laughs> okay, so we're selling Coco's rights for Stanley Cup's tickets. Cups tickets, or, or again, at least use him as part of the part of the part of the currency to to steer McPhee's choices. That's all. Ah, oh, goddammit, outsmarted. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe maybe you make it so you don't you don't use him as the currency for say take one of these two. You just use him as the currency to not take Kevin Miller. Mm. Oh, at which point, yes, that means either that means McPhee would either be taking McQuaid or Matt Bolesky in that scenario. So you're uh, effectively steering him towards who he's taking. Yes, I mean, but the terms if the terms sound better and less controlling. We say just don't take this guy. Make your decisions. He have he still has the option to take Jimmy Hayes or, or Tim Schaller if he so chose. And, if he so chose. And you can have this guy who can be buddies with Chips Ahoy. So yes. Cookies and cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here that'll first. Wa- that'll warm you up on a... The milk and cookies line. <laughs> I, I swear to God, the first time I saw that guy's name, I had no idea how to say it because I don't speak Russian. What language do I speak? Not Russian. Anyway, um, Chips Ahoy. That's how I say that name because I have no idea how to say it. And you know what? I think Chips Ahoy is a totally perfectly fine name. Great name. It's a wonderful, fantastic name. Yeah, but, but like it makes so much sense. Sign, sign Coke, they get Coke. Or they sign him the milk and cookies line. Oh man, yeah, yeah, do it, McPhee. Mo- do it. I know you listen. I know you listen. So, swing, yeah, it's like McPhee, take him. Let us keep both Millers. Do what you want beyond that. It's all good. Adam McQuaid, I, I said this before that I would miss him. Adam McQuaid has a certain Neanderthal quality to him that I really like. 
So I think we're mostly in agreement, except for the matter of which Miller to protect. Yeah, for the most part. I, di- I, di- I think it should be Kevin. I was the one that said we should protect Colin and find a way to disincentivize the selection of Kevin. I'm going to take a chance and say expose Colin. <sighs> See, I just don't... I think that that guarantees that he gets taken and we don't... Uh, and we aren't able to shed someone that we probably should be shedding. I think that we've got a lot of defense coming up, and I'm willing to take the gamble. Okay. Expose Colin. We don't lose McQuaid. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't get me wrong. Expose Kevin without taking measures to keep him from being taken. We also don't lose McQuaid. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. Any, any, any GM is going to take Kevin over McQuaid. I think that so, there's a good chance that no one's going to take McQuaid at all. It, at 2.75 for two years? I, I still think McQuaid is tradable. You may not get a lot for him, but yeah, he, he still... He just had a good season. If you're going to trade him, now's the fucking time to do it. Yeah, so, but tra- honestly, trading him and exposing him are two different things, right? Well, yeah, yeah. My, my, my point is, is that if he's tradable, there's no necessarily... I think that means that it's perfectly... Within realm of real of realistic possibility, they get picked. That's all. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm going to make a wrong choice here, but I'm going to expose Kevin. I mean, uh, not Kevin. Colin. That's what I'm going to do. If he gets taken, he gets taken. I, Again, I've been pretty clear. I, I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm playing it safe. I'm uh, protecting Colin, but you could go either way. Both of them bring different things. Both of them are perfectly cromulent third pairing defensemen. And I get your point about giving McPhee an incentive to not take Kevin. I think if Colin doesn't get protected and is actually unprotected and he's able to be taken, I think the Bruins still do something to uh, give to Vegas so that they don't take him. Oh, absolutely. I'm just just saying protect the one you think that's more valuable because there's no guarantee that McPhee you know... Stay true to his word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Won't, won't prove faithless. And and McPhee only has to pick one guy, right? Yeah, he can only pick one guy per team. All right, so let's let's just uh, let's let's shrink it down to who is exposed. Okay. Okay. So on forwards, we are exposing Hayes, Bolesky, and Schaller. Yep. Assuming Schaller gets tendered to QO, which he should, because Schaller would be a great thirteenth forward. Yes. And we, somewhere in there, we have a Coco and Spooner thing, but that's a separate thing. Yes, but we, 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 we've protected Spooner, assuming that nothing's been done to, to relocate him. And incidentally, there are other players that are technically exposed, but again, most of them are UFAs. In fact, all the others are UFAs, because that includes Brian Furland, who's a Type 6 UFA. Um, yeah, yeah, and they can honestly just wait until UFA period to... You know, July 1st to take care exactly. of Exactly. Now, now, there is always the question of maybe they try to sign one of these UFAs, in which point all this becomes moot because the Bruins no longer participate in the expansion draft. Were Vegas to sign, decide they wanted to sign Stafford or more, no Bruin could be, would be picked in expansion. Right. That's what we thought was going to happen with Ben Bishop before he signed with Dallas. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. And defense, who are we exposing? We are exposing McQuaid. We are exposing Joe Morrow. And that's about the longest end. A Miller. Yeah, A Miller. Yep. And we all and we are agree. not and we are not in agreement on which Miller. However, we have all agreed that we whichever Miller we don't protect, we're going to take it and make efforts to keep them from being taken as well. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. 
Because if anything, even even if you say we're able to keep two both Millers, even if you signed a Brendan Smith to be your uh, third pairing D, having one of the Millers as your seventh D is not a bad. Thing. Um, that's a really good thing, to be perfectly frank. Which and you can keep both Millers. Which we did not say last season necessarily. I mean, before the season. No, and and again, I think my ultimate preference on D is to roll with the Miller. We can keep the Millers as our third pairing, even though one of them's on their offside. Right, right. Because that pairing was quite good as a third pairing. Yeah, it, it would. They would be good as a third pairing, and honestly, I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for a top of Zdeno and McAvoy, and then Crew Carlo. I think those top four should be set in stone right now, I mean, and. I think Krug Carlo is probably actually your first pairing in that scenario. But uh, yes, that top well, yeah. four. That top four, though. Fuck yeah. All right. So we need to move on because we need to finish because this is a long, long period. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. We should be on a somewhat regular recording schedule, at least through the beginning. At of least July. the next three weeks will be for sure every week. Yep, and then we will have surprises in store. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, we actually heard from someone today. Well, not today, but we heard from somebody this week. It was a response to whether or not I thought we had bots listening to us. And uh, here we go. It was from Roxanne C., who is from Quebec. She says, at Barely in Topic, I'm always behind on apps, currently 28. But I heard y'all say that... Bots are your listeners, and I can assure you, not. Love the pod. And I was so happy because that night when I was actually just, like, sitting around, just being sad and miserable and wishing I had a dog, I saw her tweet after that, just before I was getting ready to go to bed. And I was so happy, so happy that we got somebody to talk to us who said that they enjoy what we do week in, week out, every other week or something. Whatever. And I'm glad that she's from Quebec and she listens to us. And she must like the Bruins. And everybody is happy. Yes. But um, I'm now wondering if we're missing an opportunity here to call our listeners the bots because we are BOT. Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. You know are what? we missing something? Oh my god! Now, do you remember when I used to record an individual message at the end, uh, at the beginning of each episode? And I used to, I people who were listening, if you were listening closely, I called you botcast listeners, B O T cast listeners, not podcast listeners, botcast listeners. So, Tim, you just took what I had done at one point and abandoned, and then took it back and said, "Oh my God, everybody's bots." So now everybody needs to tell us if you're bots, B-O-T listeners. Hello, Tuka. But anyway, yes, thank you, Roxanne C, for talking to us. I wish that other people would talk to us again. I'm sorry if, if we made you sad and upset. We didn't mean to. We're sorry that we're sorry that Nick scared you off. I was just <laughs> gonna say something about Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Tim, that was that was amazing. Bots. Sometimes I do that. Anyway, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Google Play. Google Play. Yeah, uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Barely on Topic, on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. Uh, and um, we'll try to reply if you were to message us on our personal accounts. Um, 
djva 73 yeah. if you want to heckle me for having bad opinions or talking too much you know uh, at dr hand grenade well aid at the end um if you can remember that <laughs> i'm tim rich 88 if you really want to yell at me for something i don't mind and if you're not a uh, porn bot yeah not a porn bot you can be a bot bot I mean, porn bots get blocked unless, you know, e even though if I left them all, I would have a lot more of my um, uh, paltry number of followers. So. <laughs> I got to tell you, I just, you know what? I, every time a porn bot was following me, it would just be like a picture of an ass. And I'm not an ass girl. I mean, there's been a lot of nice bums that have come through in that medium, but. Uh, <laughs> I am a boob girl. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> Play us out, Tim! <laughs> Burn! <laughs>